This is Our People and Mother Earth on KWSO. Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that is up to 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. And it is a major contributor to fatal and non-fatal overdoses in the United States. According to the CDC, most recent cases of fentanyl-related overdose are linked to illicitly manufactured fentanyl, which is distributed through illegal drug markets. Jaceline Brisbow is the Opioid Prevention Coordinator with the Warm Springs prevention team. We all know there's an opioid problem. We see it on a daily basis, but that's the problem. There's no data to get out in the community. We've been trying to gather gather data. We've been uh, doing community surveys. Um, I've been working with the paramedics, you know, just how often do you respond to overdose? How many Narcans do you use? They've actually come to my office and asked for Narcan to give to frequent overdosers. So they have it in their homes. And I told them, send them my way. They want kits. They need information. They want to learn about Medicaid-assisted treatment that IHS offers. We can give them information. There really hasn't been anything concrete published or anything on the tribe's behalf saying the opioid epidemic actually in numbers. It's just a kind of a witnessed and seen thing. But we're working on trying to steadily gather numbers, trying to see where we're at. You know, So it's just trying to put in a story where we're we at with the opioid epidemic. If it's a few people, a bunch of people, new users, habitual users, just trying to figure out where are we really at with the opioid epidemic. Opioid prevention is relatively new in terms of addiction awareness. Fentanyl is an extremely potent opioid, and it's often added to other drugs, making them more addictive and more dangerous. Alcohol, meth, and opioids, they kind of go hand in hand, so to speak. Medicating, um, they, they're on meth so long that the high is just not getting them that high no more. So they have to look for something else. We resort to heroin, we resort to fentanyl, we resort to pain medication. Um, we start smoking pills, injecting pills, all this stuff to find the high. And uh, I think with fentanyl hitting the streets and uh, more drugs getting laced with fentanyl, that fentanyl is the go-to now, but it is also the most deadly And so, you know, a few grains of fentanyl can kill you, and uh, there's just no way of knowing what's in your street drugs. It's cheaper to have a handful of fentanyl than it is to have a pound or whatever of meth. So you're getting more bang for your buck, you're getting the higher high, and you're also making more. And so by the drug dealers lacing cocaine, meth, all these other drugs, sometimes weed, with the fentanyl, they're getting them hooked on the fentanyl. Whereas I'm going out in the street and I want to buy some weed, I'm not, I don't know that they laced it with fentanyl. So I'm just going to keep coming back for this kind of weed because it just gets me that high. And all that while, it has fentanyl laced in it. But that was also dangerous if you have a drug dealer out on the streets that doesn't know the amounts they're supposed to be distributing in their drugs, you can potentially overdose somebody. And uh, with fentanyl, that's where the overdose deaths come from, is the um, too high of a mixture of fentanyl. Counterfeit pills can contain lethal amounts of fentanyl and are extremely dangerous because they often appear identical to legitimate prescription pills. It's likely that the user will never know how much or what substances are in these pills. So the little blue pill is what everyone talks about. Uh, They're M30s. Most people call them dirty 30s. And um, I can speak from experience of people I know here on the reservation is, is a lot of people are smoking those pills 
you know, and they, they're just uh, manufactured illegally, M30s, nothing you would get from the doctor. They're just uh, street drugs. And they're crushing them, smoking them, ingesting them. Um, really haven't really heard about people injecting, but it's mostly the smoking of the pills. And they're called, they're, you know, little blue pills, say M30 on them. There's only a handful of people on a reservation that, you know, do deal um, the pills, but working with uh, PD is just getting people to come forward and take a stand, getting people to really put their foot down, say enough is enough. I really haven't had issues come from the school around opioid use. The biggest thing we have in our schools is the vaping, um, which is very bad for kids in their young developing lungs. But it doesn't say that we don't need to be there educating kids. How bad is opioids? How bad is fentanyl? What consequences does experimenting with drugs have? And uh, I, I have a school-based curriculum that I'm trying to teach myself. Um, it's fairly new. The OHA just came out with it in the last couple of months. So I'm really trying to get my um, curriculum down before I go into the schools and teach the kids, you know, what are opioids? Why shouldn't we do opioids? And um, what are consequences of experimenting with opioids? This is something we've been back and forth on. At Prevention, we actually did have a display that was uh, fake, wax-made, um, looked like the real deal, um, display of drugs. You know, this is what it looks like. We had one person saying, we need to show the kids the drugs. We need to do this. But then we also heard that kids were going home and saying, that's drugs. Mom, that's drugs. You know, and parents were giving negative feedback or kids were coming to school saying, my mom has that at home, my dad has that at home, and we all know that parents don't like their business at home exposed. And so it's it's really a catch-22. I'm a yes, kids need to know what not to do. Yes, parents need to gain knowledge to uh, see what drugs look like. Because as a parent that never dealt with an addiction, that I actually had a healthy upbringing or um, didn't experiment with drugs... And your kid makes the wrong friends. They come home with the drug and you you yourself don't know it. You see it and you just don't make the connection. You need that education. So I think some point we need to show the parents, the young parents, um, what drugs look like. And maybe the grandparents. It's grandparents raising their grandkids. And they bring home drugs. They have no idea what they are. It's, it's just not around in their time. They wouldn't know what to expect or what to look for. So those parents need that education. Um, what drugs look like? What should we do if we find them? Um, our police station does a really good job of take-backing. We have a um, medication take-back box in the um, police department as well as at IHS. Opioids have one job. Their job is to block pain from your body and give you feelings of euphoria, get you high. And so when they were made, they were made for major surgery, major injury. They're supposed to go into your brain, into your receptors. It's like um, a U-shaped receptor. And the opioid is like a ball. It goes and its jobs make its way up to your brain, sit in that receptor, and give you euphoria, block out the pain, make you feel good. And then as it wears off, it exits your body. Well, taking too much opioids, taking too much can make that sit there in your receptor too long and eventually cause you to overdose because your body's functions slow down. Your breathing slows, your heart slows, and eventually if you take too much, you stop breathing. 
and that's what a fatal overdose looks like. But if you have Narcan, Narcan has one job. Its job is to go into the receptor where that opioid is sitting, knock it out the way, and sit there so that opioid cannot get back in there and get you high. And then eventually the opioid um, will exit your bloodstream, um, you'll sweat it out, you'll um, pee it out, whatever, but it exits your bloodstream. But if you're high, 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 that Narcan's going to wear off and it's eventually exiting, and that opioid that's still lingering, waiting to jump back on there, is going to do so. So that's why we're seeing people needing, uh, I've heard from the paramedics, up to six doses of Narcan, because that's how much um, opioids they're taking. So the Narcan has one job, one job only. It's to get the opioid receptor blocked from the opioid. Uh, as a person that's not high, just walking right now, I can shoot that Narcan up my nose. No effect. It will not get me high. It will not do anything other than block my opioid receptor. And so Narcan is used pretty much on anybody, um, whether intentional or accident overdose. Um, it's better to give it and not need it than not give it. I mean, because it has one job. My job is to educate our community. So every Wednesday, I've, I've started hosting a opioid overdose learning session. We can come learn about opioids, what an overdose looks like, how to respond to that overdose, and I will teach you how to use the Narcan. Um, if you're not comfortable coming directly to a class and sitting amongst peers, you can always go to IHS. If anyone has a chart at IHS, they can go and get Narcan through the pharmacy. They will give it to you. You don't have to disclose who it's for. If you use it, you just go back and get it refilled. If you have issues, if you think, you know, somebody needs more than one dose because you know they do fentanyl, you know they're into heavy doses of opioids, you can always request more. Narcan is a life-saving agent, and we'd rather have what you need than um, be reliant. Because we all know that we have a big reservation. Our paramedics are only so many, and uh, responding fast in a timely manner isn't always a possibility because there can be several things going on. So I, that's the same with me. I work with you if you know you say you think you need more doses because you have family members, you have relatives that do use heavy amounts of fentanyl opioids. I will give you what you need. I think uh, Narcan and Naloxone is something everyone needs to learn how to use because I could be walking down the street and come across somebody unconscious, you know, and there's signs of an overdose. I need to learn how to respond. I need to learn how to jump in and save them. Every second you can give this person to come back and breathe is a chance at saving them. Uh, every chance they're laying there unconscious, not breathing, they're sustaining brain damage. They're sustaining life-altering damage. And that's why it's important to call 911 right away and use naloxone. Because whether uh, they want to go to the hospital or not, they need to. Maybe they did get brain damage. Maybe they fell hard and hit their head. Concussions could have happened. Our, our department is giving out uh, overdose kits to every department on the reservation to just try to encourage people to have it on hand and to respond. Community members responding to overdose is the best thing we can have. So we're really encouraging people to look into the medicated assistant treatment that we offer that program at IHS and they help people taper off the drugs and um, eventually get to the point where they don't need any medication anymore and they're their body has enough time to fight the triggers, fight the things, do some emotional um, 
I guess, uh, reconciliation with themselves. So it's not necessarily giving you another drug to fill the drug. It's giving you a drug to help you get through the pain that's causing you to use the drug. So the best treatment for opioid addiction is the medicated assisted treatment, and that has to go hand in hand with the mental health services. Why are we choosing to use drugs? Why, what feeling are we trying to forget? What emotion are we trying not to feel? So we can treat the holistic person for the addiction and the emotional feeling they're trying to mask. That's going to be the best treatment for that person. Every time I um, get people to ask me about opioid addiction, I always say the best treatment, IHS and mental health. Our behavioral health center has several people, some of them tribal, that do a great job of uh, counseling, running group therapy. I know in my role, I'm aspiring to start a uh, AANA kind of a group for people to come together and talk with about, you know, what's going to keep them sober, what's going to keep them going on a day-to-day basis and not want to get triggered to go use. I think the rule is, is uh, five days of continuous use of opioids could start an addiction. And so getting people educated, you know, not all opioids are bad. Sometimes you need them. And that's when they come from the doctor prescribed. But when you're just looking for something to mask a higher high, um, something different because you're experimenting because your friends are doing it, that's when it gets dangerous because you don't know when those drugs are coming from. You don't know who, who gave them to who and all this and that. So it can be lethal. But in my job, Before the pandemic started, we were having great informational sessions around opioids in pregnancy, opioid in police response, and opioids in general. Just learning what is an opioid. People have different definitions, but the real definition is um, they block pain from reaching our brain. They can also change our mental state, making us feel happy, relaxed, or confused. Um, The most common ones come from your doctor, but the illegal stuff is, you know, the fentanyl, the heroin, all that bad stuff. So what we're planning to do is start those informational nights again. Maybe come and learn, come and, you know, maybe you have a family member you're concerned about. Maybe you have friends, maybe you have, you know, you're just worried about your kids. You want to know what to look for. You want to know what to keep them from. You want to know what the signs of overdose is. Maybe you just don't know. You know, opioids epidemic is something that's new to us, especially the fentanyl stuff. The fentanyl stuff has really picked up in the United States, and it is bad in the metro area. On the res, it really hasn't hit us yet, but that's not saying it's not being reported. Um, There are people that have died in our community from overdoses. Um, It's just not something we publish. You know, it's not something we want, or I guess not we, but it's just not something that's being published and brought out into the community members. When you come across a person has overdosed, the signs are they have a pale skin, their blue fingertips or lips from not getting enough oxygen into them, and they have small pupils, slow or no breathing, they're not able to speak or respond to your questions, and they have vomit or gurgling noises. All of these come from slowed down respiratory system. So they're taking this uh, opioid, it has relaxed them to the, the part of they're just barely breathing, barely cognizant, and eventually they're going to stop bleeding. They're going to stop responding. They're going to eventually pass away. So when you come across a person with the overdose, it's important to call 911 and administer naloxone if you have it. 
With frequent overdose from opioids, what we're seeing is it's kind of gross. So they have a uh, loose intestinal control, you know, so that people have uh, accidents on themselves. They have brain damage because when you overdose, a lot of times you're not breathing, you're not getting oxygen to your brain. And so you're giving yourself brain damage. You're bruising your brain up. You're not giving it what it needs, which is oxygen. So a lot of time you see people who frequently overdose, they do have brain damage. And all of this is able to be repaired or be helped, but treatment is needed. People do need to reach out for help for these sorts of things because um, too much brain damage, that's where we get the uh, schizophrenia, all of that different things. The best advice I'd give is just don't take drugs if you don't know what they are. You shouldn't be doing drugs in general. But my job isn't to shame you or blame you for doing drugs. My job is to keep you alive. So just like we give diabetics insulin, just like we prevent pregnancy with condoms, my job is I'm giving you tools I'm giving you Narcan. I'm not telling you to do drugs. I'm not telling you not to do drugs. I just want you to stay alive. And eventually, I'm going to give you information about help. I give treatment, all this and that, to try to get you off drugs. I want to be a gateway to keep you alive. I don't want to be a someone that you want to turn away from because you're scared that you'll t- I'll tell on you, you know. So with giving people Narcan, giving people life-saving medication, my hope is that eventually these people that are see how many people care about them and are willing to save them, that eventually they will seek out treatment. They will seek out guidance from a counselor. So Narcan is something every community member needs in the community because it could be the most uncommon person that is abusing opioids. It can be the elder that's been taking them for years because their doctor keeps giving them to them. They don't know it's an addiction. They just know they have to go pick up their medication. It could be a kid experimenting. It could be um, someone who just experienced something traumatic that they don't want to feel. They don't want to deal with the emotion. They're tired of feeling the hurt. So they keep masking it and they keep taking the pain medication. So if any community members are interested, I do it every Wednesday at the Old Elementary Narcan overdose training. I'll teach you what to look for, how to respond, and what actually opioids are. So it's 9 to 10.30 every Wednesday, and uh, I can adapt it, make it fast, more in-depth. Um, if any departments within our branch are um, committed to wanting to learn, I will come and give the training to you. And we have a great uh, training space in our building where you can bring people in. Um, it's just I'm meeting people where they're at. I'd rather go out and find you or let you come and open up a space for you to come in to learn um, than not teach anything at all. That is Jaceline Brisbo, and she is the Opioid Prevention Coordinator with the Warm Springs Prevention Team. Thank you for listening to Our People and Mother Earth on 91.9 FM, KWSO.